At TNTL Podcast Better move fast Follow us like our ass Try not to laugh We dare you son First class podcast Tell everyone Jokes about music Food and sex How to be a man And whatever's next What's new Stay tuned You'll soon find out Two guys One up north And one down south Find us on Facebook And Instagram Twitter too Or we'll find you Why the hell We still playing this song In the studio what is happening try not to laugh holes this is the try not to laugh podcast i am brandon and with me until i can get a producer to make a music video of andy dying of rabies is greetings this is andy and we are just two lifelong buddies trying to navigate this crazy world through comedy did you like that one rabies (laughs) jeez i don't even i wasn't ready for that (laughs) i I, I know we were talking about rabies today but aids maybe (laughs) it's only because i always say you my dog andy rough rough (laughs) <laughs> uh and i got to talk to you about last sunday um it was probably the laziest i've ever been so it was even worse than the lazy sunday song uh with parnell and um what's his name Bruno mars no and uh what's his name he's on brooklyn 99 uh andy samberg oh yeah, remember, yeah. You, you don't remember it? lazy sunday la- my mine was even lazier even they would bow down to my laziness um I wanted to set a record to see if I can start and end the day on the couch. So I'd never done that before. I wanted to see if I I have goals to accomplish, and that was one of the goals that I wanted to accomplish. All seated goals. <laughs> never, never exercising goals <laughs> or things that are relevant or will keep me healthy and alive. Um, so no, it was so breakfast on the couch. I had snacks on the couch. Bathroom, I tried to do on the couch with a with a, a cup. Uh, didn't work out. That was the only time I had to get up. Lunch, couch, Pro Bowl, sat on the couch. Are we are we getting any type of pattern here? Are you sensing any pattern? Yeah. Hashtag life goals. <laughs> Hashtag heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag really hard to pee into a cup if you have a vagina. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, um, ended the night on the couch watching the Grammys. The Grammys? So as in the like Grammys. as in old lady porn? Close. It was just watching kind of old ladies on a feed for a nursing home. So I called that the Grammys. Oh, my tits. They look like two slices of pizza. <laughs> no, you silly goose. It was the music special. Um, so, yeah, I watched the Grammys. And biggest question that I found throughout the night, does anybody care? No, of course not. I was honestly hoping that you were talking about old lady porn because the Grammys are oh, so okay. irrelevant at this point. At least to me, they are. I don't know. I guess. Or is it relevant to just people that are under 25? Because that was that was rolling around in my head that I guess maybe millennials slash Gen Zers are still liking this. But how many people between the ages of 18 and 25 even watch television anymore? Just straight tv right how many people oh. in that age range or any age range still tune in to watch huh. anything on a show Wait, week to on. week uh i'm just thinking right now right. do your math that. yeah math. 35 i think i count to 35 is yeah, that correct I think that's 35 too many <laughs> do you think so yeah i do i i don't think that anybody watches it anymore and people don't look forward to these types of shows anymore because the internet's just spoiled us so much we're well, in such yeah. a, a mindset where everything is like in the moment. Like if I can't get it now, there's no way I'm waiting the entire week to watch it on Sunday. Fuck Sunday. Ugh. People uh, will wait for very few shows. I mean, like Game of Thrones type people, like they'll wait the whole week and they'll be excited for it. But 
that's a week to week thing where you're following a story where you're going to watch a bunch of assholes just accept awards for doing shit that like they're just naturally good at. Fuck you. I'm I not guess. waiting around a month to watch that. And I think everybody else is at that point now, too. There right. used to be less entertaining shit. There used to be no Internet. So, of course, the Grammys were doing well. But okay. now, like, nobody's going to watch the fucking Grammys. Reality is viewership of the Grammy Awards were hit a 12-year low. So they didn't even hit 19 million. So I guess what you're saying has some, some relevance. But, that, but then he, here's my other thing. How do they actually account for the other ways that people view, right? So you're just saying people that sit on a, on a couch and watch, but there's so many other ways you could watch the show now. That's the other thing. The advertisers are not stupid. The networks are not stupid. They know people aren't going to watch this, right? They're going to focus on not how many people are actually watching the show, how many people are going to be talking about it on the internet after the fact, and how many people are going to be talking about and looking at the photos and video clips and saying, okay, I did watch 10 seconds of the Grammys and this bitch wore a nice dress, you know, or like that guy, you know, said some crazy shit when he was being interviewed on the red carpet. And those are the moments that they rely on, I think, for people to engage in the Grammys now. It's no longer watching it. It's it's just, you know, it's after the fact. It's what can people take away from it. Wait, and why do you care about A, the red carpet, or B, what she wore? <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm looking at this from it. an advertiser's perspective. I don't give a fuck. I don't, uh, I don't even care what I'm wearing uh, right now. I think you care a lot about what she wore best. I See, I care more about what she didn't wear at all, let alone wear best, but... Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. So maybe if they can monetize those options afterwards, or maybe that's probably what they're focused on. They're focused on how can they have like a 360 degree advertising platform and it includes the shows one part, then go on the internet. We own some of these sites where we aggregate this content and, and, uh, keep people engaged. Um, that I can say, but it's funny you say that, but the Oscars, actually increased viewership year over year. They went from 26.5 million in 2018 to 29.6 last uh, last year. And they didn't even have a host. This could be now, uh, I mean, I'll do it. I'm available, guys. I'm available and I know about movies. And I'm fun. I know about movies, right? I can connect with the youth. Yeah, but is it the youth that's watching the Oscars? Or is it the fact that the elderly are now living so long thanks to modern medicine that they can live long enough to watch the Oscars? Oh, <laughs> hey guys, we've got the 75 year plus demo locked. <laughs> Get call depends. Call mesothelioma. Right. Okay. Call, call Salino and Barnes. They'll yeah, take how anything. many commercials did you actually see during the Oscars for like a, a rascal scooter? Oh, uh, that would be awesome. I, heck, I want a rascal scooter and I'm nowhere near 35 and I would love one. And so we were talking about the Grammys and people watching. So when do you think the year was? Uh, you know what? I'll just tell you the year. I want you to tell me what you think happened. So 1984, believe it or not, was the biggest year for the Grammys. What do you think? Who, what do you think happened? Who do you think was the biggest star? Michael Jackson, for sure. Correct. Yeah, okay. had to be. So, all right. You do, you do know something. All right. So in 1984, they had over 50 million people viewing that show. And that's because Michael Jackson cleaned freaking house. But over 50 million. Then it dropped. For years and years and years, it dropped. Then it went up a little, dropped up. It was like the stock market, right? Then in 2012, again, it hit 40 million. So then it had another really big pop. What do you think happened in 2012? You won't get get this probably. But maybe you know, you in 2012, there was one time where I actually performed in bed for more than 30 minutes. So they could have all been there to celebrate that. No, Andy. Okay, first of all, 30 minutes is probably 28 minutes 
too much that you're. Well, lying that's about. what I'm saying. I mean, it was so impressive. Second of all, what does that news. have to do with? What does that have to do with music? <laughs> do you wait? Do you use music when you're uh, doing stuff? No, because most of the time it's so spontaneous. It's not like I could stop and make myself a Spotify playlist. You know, my wife just wants she wants all her senses to be like working on it because I I think she wants the lights totally off because she doesn't really want to actually know that she's doing me. I think so. <laughs> She's, she just wants it quick and to the point. She thinks music will make me go longer. So, um, so no, 2012 actually was Adele winning a ton of awards and Kanye West. So that was the big deal. So that's oh. when Kanye West was super controversial. This, when wait, he, so when he, when he went up on stage and did that whole thing with Taylor Swift, was that the year prior? And now people are, are tuning in to see if he'd pull some bullshit again the following year? Maybe. Good old Yeezy getting up there. <laughs> Yeezy. He ain't messing with no broke, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after after 2012, then it took more dipperos. But, you know, my thing is that if it, if it dipped so much after that, what's the tone now? Like, who does it represent? Does it, do you think it represents everyone in music? No, and I think, you know, it, it's only going to represent the categories that are doing best. It's never going to represent classical music, or it's no longer going to represent rock music. So now it has to represent whatever is relevant. So it's only going to represent, you know, hip hop, Latin music. And I think that's that's really the draw. Yeah, I like Latin music. I do a lot of dancing a lot. I do the rumbata. I named my cat after Mateo Stoneman. You did? Yeah, his name is Mateo. <laughs> <laughs> I usually dance on the rumba. Ooh. And I do my bon ram chata. Oh, so fancy. And now I'm just saying things. Enchilada. Machismo. Tu pero caliente es azul. Burrito. Yeah, but you know what? There, There is a little bit. I will tell you. Bonnie Raitt was out there. Aerosmith with Run DMC was out there. I was wondering what happened to Sting, though. Because I, I was under the impression that every year he partners up with like the latest cool person, and then he does a song. So I'll, I wonder if he's if he's too busy having tantric sex. I don't he know. He stole the tantric sex right out of my you mouth. Know, th so th that was some relevant. And then yes, there is going to be relevant things that are happening right now, which I totally understand. Lizzo opened the show. Uh, she looked like Ursula, finally using her mermaid voice. <laughs> so that poor unfortunate soul. <laughs> she was like, she came out with her tentacles. You know, like. <laughs> uh, Boys to Men did a nice Kobe tribute, so I will say that uh, that was really nice. Camila Cabela honored her father, so I think that was sweet. Don't care. Okay, but that, I mean, come on, just figure the sweetness. No. Nope. You don't care about sweetness in a music show, right? You don't want sweet. You just want the. You just want. The no, music, I'm fine right? with sweet. I just I don't know her father, so I don't give a fuck. <sighs> okay, you're gonna know someone to have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lil Nas X also won two Grammys. I don't know if any of the audience knows this, but we do have a parody. Uh, what, what did we call it? Is it Old Town Buffet? What did we actually call it? Just look up. Uh, try not to laugh. Old Town Road parody. Lil Nas X. Brandon's a pussy. Something like that. Uh, something s similar. Uh, it, it was a little interesting, though. He was singing on a couch next to Kobe Bryant's uh, Lakers jersey. Billy Ray was there. Diplo was there. Hmm. BTS was there. You know BTS, right? No. Who's that? You don't know BTS? That's, uh, you don't know, do you know K-pop? That's going to be the biggest okay, thing. Okay, yeah, right K-pop I'm familiar with, but I don't know any of the okay, artists. Okay, so they're, they're like the biggest band from K-pop. The biggest. I've seen videos of K-pop concerts 
where they'll literally cram Nuts. like 200,000 people into a soccer stadium. Oh, ho- they don't care. They don't care about laws or, or fire. No, codes. there's literally like there. two they police officers, one on each end of the stadium. <laughs> they're like, and everyone's there. They're like, yeah, like, like, everyone's just behaving. Everyone's literally just jumping up and down in unison. It's amazing. Oh, they love it. They love it. It's an amazing thing. I like, I like K-pop, actually. And uh, what do you like? Cocoa Puffs, right? You're more of a Cocoa Puff guy. I'm a Frosted Flakes guy. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was interesting. But here was something that that I think about this. I love the fact that all these artists are doing their songs. They sound great. Some of them are lip singing, which makes me nuts. Some of them are actually singing. But what about the producers? What about them? They're, they are the men and women behind the curtain. To me, I actually think they're more important. Like, look at Tyler, the creator. Did you, did you see Tyler, you know, Tyler, the creator? Yeah, he creates things. Let's see what he did. <laughs> He's a creator. <laughs> no, but I mean, believe it, he is pretty talented. I mean, he's talented. And I mean, he... He's he's a rapper. He's a singer songwriter. He produces a, a lot of the stuff that they do. Um, well, I must have influenced him because I go by the alias Andy the Procreator. That is true. How many kids do you have by now? Is it 16, Who knows? I only kids? live with three, but I mean, I've visited many states. You got different hoes and different area codes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to stick with one area code, but um, <clears throat> that's a good nickname, by the way. I'm going to try and take that. But actually, it's funny you say that because I don't know how many people out there know this, but we are actually uh, producers. Yeah. Good ones. So I, Very good ones, actually. Uh, we have actually tracks that we created, and we have artists that we have worked with in the past, believe it or not, that we've met through various means. Plenty of people fucking took our shit. Absolutely. Do you remember, do you remember Ariana Grande? Sure. I remember with working with Ariana, little bitch. We were, well, Andy and I, just for all of you to know, Andy and I, we both met Ariana as we were both interns over in Nickelodeon. We, we met her the, her first year on Victorious in 2010. That's right. Absolutely. First, she did a Broadway musical. Uh, I think it was called 13, which is, I guess, the age that... Uh, <laughs> that's a teetering age, I guess, huh? She, she was a little cunt. I mean, I remember, you know, <laughs> not one thank you. All those peanut butter and pickle sandwiches, not one thank you. No. No, not at all. No, thank you. We heard her voice when she did that guest spot, uh, when, when she finally sang on Victorious. It was insanely amazing. And we're like, okay, can we get you into a studio? So Andy, being the music producer extraordinaire that he was, lays down this track. We start doing some, uh, I start writing the lyrics. Andy starts doing the music. And you got to hear this. You got to hear what it sounds like right now. I mean, is this it's not is this not a song? Pure I mean, gold. is this not a song for the ages? <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, this is what we do. Okay, this is how we do it, Montel Jordan. Okay, this is then you know we're we're interns. We don't know what we're doing. This gets into the hands of a music producer, and we've got thank you next instead of no thanks pass. I mean, 
I'm sad about this. Does this make you sad at all? That's some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> we should not... be getting paid royalties for that. You know, they stole our beat. They stole our girl. 100%. We had it happen to us a second time. I actually went on vacation in Mexico. When I ended up going to a smoothie bar, all of a sudden I see this beautiful girl and no one was around. She has this huge banana Ooh. and she starts looking at me and she starts doing stuff with this banana. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, can I make a song about this banana? And then I talked to Andy about the idea. He starts again laying down some beats. We find out this girl has the voice from the freaking heavens. And we and take a listen to our, our song. Get me hot, show me those melons. Yeah, wanna see those tits. I promise it'll only take a minute. Put it in your fucking mouth. And Brandon says he's got plenty in him. I filled her mouth like I shot it in her rectum. So deep in her intestine. Got her yelling like And then I had to tell her. Banana ooh la la. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, come on. That that is another clear instance of radio freaking gold. Right there. And then it gets stolen from us and she signs with another I mean, Andy, we can't really We can't catch a break, man. Can't catch a freaking break. I mean, Andy, remember that time that you met Billy Eilish? Oh yeah, I remember that. That was pretty funny actually. So I had to take my kid to the library for a project, and um, I see that there's there's a few people sitting down using the uh, the computers there, because you know, like all the weirdos who don't have internet at home, and they go to the library. Yes, to... yes. Did she did she have that crazy hairdo, like that skunk hairdo? That's what made her stand out. You know, there's okay, there's okay. like three weird guys sitting there. I'm sure they're all pedophiles, and they're all just using the computer to you know attract whoever. And then there's just this one girl sitting there with uh, with black and green hair. I kind of tap her on the shoulder. I'm like, hey. Weird question, but uh, do you have any change for the parking meter? So she she lends me a quarter. Nice girl lends me the quarter. And I tell her afterwards, I come back in. I'm like, do you mind if I uh, write you a check to pay you back this quarter? <laughs> Wait, you have checks? You still you still write checks? I write checks for everything. Oh, God, you are so 90s. Well, I take the Salvador Dali approach. It's, uh, I write checks for everything, and then when people see the, my signatures on there, they're like, oh my god, I can't cash this, I need to keep his signature. Oh, oh, that's actually not Yeah, good. so it's, it's nice, it's good to be a celebrity. Anyway, I hand her the check, and I'm like, by the way, I, I don't know if you can sing or not, but you've got a pretty cool look. I think, I think we could do something here. I can develop you. My buddy Brandon and I, we, we make beats, you know, we've developed a couple other artists, granted, they were stolen from us. So you got to promise me you're not going to run off with someone else. Okay. And she made this promise. And she made that promise. I mean, it was a ver- it was huh. a verbal agreement. My mistake. But nevertheless, I mean, we did come up with a pretty cool song. So check it out. This is a song we wrote for Billie Eilish. 
so bad they'll sting your nose my ass somewhere you shouldn't go silent but deadly no one knows think i need new underwear tacos and beans are what i eat don't care if it's salty or it's sweet i eat what i want when i'm wanting to my gas it's terrible so you think you've got gas wait until you smell my ass never smell something so bad in this i promise you i've got so much gas i make your mama cry i make your girlfriend puke i might clear out this room i so as you could see we did a pretty damn I, good job developing this just girl to let you know uh those were all my farts so none of those were yeah, no, fake. those were real those were all, that was a bad gas day uh that was a that was the chinese buffet on uh on steroids yeah there's a price to pay when you eat calamari at a chinese buffet <laughs> It seems like we struck out three times, and then sadly enough, I'm going to tell you guys the fourth time we actually struck out. Um, I actually met Lizzo at a buffet in Vegas, That's right. shockingly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you knew this. We were both getting um, the pork ribs at the Chinese section, and we got there at the exact same time. There was one rib left, right? Okay. So I saw her, and I'm like... I'm like, you can have this rib. It's all it's all you, right? And she was so grateful that she asked me if I wanted to kind of sit next to her. And I'm like, I figured that any girl that was on their fourth plate was someone that I had to hang out with. So I started talking with her. She had her flute next to her. All of a sudden, she starts playing her flute. And I was like, holy shit, this girl is, is like an insane flutist. So I was like, okay. Is it flutist or flautist? Uh, uh, flounder, flutineer, uh, flut, flubotomist, flutimus maximus. She is great, and I was like, "Do you sing by any chance?" And and all of a sudden, she starts like rapping, freestyling about the ribs. Uh, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, okay, so I know about this stuff, okay. So all of a sudden, I'm like, "All right, I know this is a huge shot in the dark, but my friend Andy and I, we uh." He lays down beats. I write lyrics. I was like, any chance I can just get you in for a song? And she's like, she's like, yeah. You know who my favorite movie star of all time is, Tom correct? Cruise. Tom Cruise, of course. Okay. Um, so I, I just started saying, I was like, who's, by any chance, I was like, who's your favorite movie star? And she's like, Tom Cruise. And I'm like, no way. Was it one of those moments where you realized you're going to be best friends for life? So you just look into each other's eyes and you're like, okay, on the count of three, favorite movie star. One, Two, three. Tom pork Cruise. ribs. <laughs> I said pork ribs. She said Tom Cruise. <laughs> of course you did. But I'm just uh, picturing the two of you fatties sitting around at a buffet talking about Tom Cruise and how infatuated you are with him. So both of us love Tom Cruise. So I'm like, you gotta. I'm like, all right, we're gonna make this song happen. So, uh, guys, listen to the song that that we put together. Play Joseph and Far and Away I just watched a few good men and then Rain Man Turns out Tom Cruise played the lead in that shit Vanilla Sky born on the 4th of July Scientology and the color of money You could have had an interview with the vampire Showing me the money like Jerry Maguire Funny mask in night white shut I even saw him play Billy in Headless Love Tom Cruise made him a fucking legend 
Maverick and Goose American made War of the Worlds was overrated Magnolia, I didn't hate it Tom lost his mind when he met Oprah He goes to church with John Travolta Pretty sure I saw him play himself in gold member Tom, 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 All right, what do you think? I mean, does that not sound like truth hurts? Come on. Brilliant. Brilliant. A song about Tom Cruise. I mean, how can you go wrong? Right. But what hurts me is that she, they, they got, again, for the fourth time, they got their hands on producers and they make truth hurts, not Tom Cruise. And this makes, this, this is like, you know, a fourth times, you know, fool me, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me four times. I'm a fucking idiot, obviously. Yeah. Are we seeing a pattern here? Is it? Is it the same person that's stealing them from us every single time? Uh, no, this is all different producers that are stealing this stuff from us. <laughs> this, this is a wide array of abuse. Uh, this is the price we pay for not having people sign contracts. Correct. And we've did it four times. So that's not good. Uh, but speaking about music, I love all these artists. The question is, if you had to look at your playlist right now, what do you think would be on there? What, I'll go first. I'll say what's about Yeah, let's, let's see what's uh, on your playlist, fucker. All right. First one is, I would walk 500 miles by the Proclaimers. Nice. And I just love the the absurdity of the of the whole song. And you know what? I get I, and if I get my cardio in. I'm trying to walk 500 miles. I end up walking, I don't know, 0.5 miles. But at least I'm at least I'm doing something. And I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who walks around for you. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, first song on my playlist is Tiago Silva by Dave. Wow, that's a great rap name. <laughs> what do what do what do you like? Like Machine Gun Kelly or like Lil Nas? No, I'm um I'm Dave. <laughs> you know, I've noticed this trend with English rappers. I mean, I would just be afraid to have such a generic name on the internet because who's going to find you in a Google search? Yeah, I'd, ru- I'd much rather Machete or, or Knuckles Jamal or whatever. I don't know, but I'd rather that. At least you know they're a rapper. All right, well, listen to this then, Knuckles Jamal. One, six, six, six. from the football XAJ. Man mystic with a pen like JK. True say I ain't really a drinker, but I got love for brandy like Ray J. Champagne popper. What do you think? Uh, it's, it's Dave. It's that's total Dave right there. I mean, that is Dave. Right, that song just okay. screams Dave. <laughs> that song just screams Dave. All right. So I love anthem songs. Songs that that I like. Songs that end up bothering other people. That really <laughs> like it. Yeah. I gotta go with one of my faves, uh, "Zombie" by the Cranberries. Cool. Because I I love the singing over and over. What's in your head? In your head, zombie, And then I like to go, oh, oh, oh. Right? Don't you love yeah, that? Yeah, it's a good song, man. Brings back a lot of memories. You know, 90s, 90s alternative rock. I've never I mean, heard. I, I obviously shit. know the REM version. We all know the REM version. Well, I check mean, out I don't this version. Being see if you too like it. No offense. <laughs> you were a fucking zombie throughout my school. My brain didn't develop until I was about 27. <laughs> so my next one's actually a cover song. It's a cover of It's the End of the World as We Know It 
but I like oh REM. Yeah, I like listening to the Suicide Machines version of it. What'd you think? Uh, I'm still headbanging. I gotta be yeah, honest. Yeah, me too. I just I had to take my headphones off and jump around the room a little. <laughs> I don't know which version I like better. Yeah, both very cool songs. So what's next on your playlist, Fatty? All right, next song. I like a song that you immediately you hear the like you hear it right away, and everyone has that like oh moment, like oh, like you know, like. Um, one of those, this isn't on my playlist, but one of those is, uh, Usher and Little John, like, yeah, you know, that's not like immediately it comes on. You're like, you're like, oh, you know, you're about to right. dance. But this one's, um, if, if I can think of any song that makes me feel that way, um, welcome to the jungle guns and roses. It is a great song. I mean, come on. This song is literally, anytime you, you get to a place, you want to put your headphones on, like, I've made it, I'm here. You know, you're like, welcome to the jungle. Right. Welcome to my ass. Uh, so for my next one, it's actually a song called Tongues by a band called The Frights. Who? The Frights. They're this band from California. The, the, the Frights. You know, <laughs> like like when children see you, they get frightened. <laughs> Damn it. You got to the jungle where I did. <laughs> <laughs> Children, women, pretty much anyone but me. Check it out. Or if we ain't got the time, I tell you, baby, I don't think we'll do it fine. We just haven't got a clue. I keep my love, I want my blood inside of you. Do you think I'm cute? Pretty good, right? Uh, you know what, and I think I'm gonna add that to my playlist. Yeah, it's good. Very up and coming band. Okay, I like that. I'm digging that. Speaking about liking things, I'm gonna tell you, I like Big Butts by Sir Mix a lot, and this is the song that even girls start laughing, even women will start like shaking their asses. Like they could be the most professional women in like the workplace. You could walk in with that song, and all of a sudden you see like. Carol or Susan with like a pantsuit, like just getting down and grinding and like doing <laughs> fucking Karen's up on her desk. Yeah, liquid lunch, bitch. <laughs> Working for it, make it rain. <laughs> so, fellas, yeah. fellas, yeah. your girlfriend got the butt. Hell yeah. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake, it. shake, it. shake that healthy butt. Baby got ballet. Still holds up. Great fucking song. Uh, I t correct. It still holds up. It talks about all the different sizes and the shapes. This is this is be. I'd like to walk out of every room with this song and I'd like it to play. You know, I listened to a uh, interview with Sir Mix a lot, and when he was talking okay. about how his anaconda don't want none, he admitted in an interview <laughs> that it's it's so not an anaconda. <laughs> like he's so average in the pants. Really? Made me feel so much better. That's interesting. That's a good takeaway, Ed. I think so. That's the one thing I took away from hope. the interview. Hope. I take away hope from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, do you, what else you got on your playlist? So this one's actually also another cover. Do you remember that song by Arrested Development, Tennessee? No. I know uh, Arrested Development was that uh, OPP. That was Naughty by Nature. Oh, not because I hate you, and I do, and but okay. Arrested Development had a song, a big song, I think in the 90s, called Tennessee. It was covered okay. by Newfound Glory. And the ironic part is it's a song 
all about being black and ex- exploring your, <laughs> you know, your roots and understanding your history and, you know. And New Found Glory, the whitest and band like the on the planet. the whitest, Earth. most nasally band did a cover of it. <laughs> it's awesome. Here, check it out. How good was that? How good was that version? It's so white. <laughs> it's very white. It's a very white version of a very black song. But I don't think I don't feel like they're poking fun at it. I just think that, you know, they took know. a nice song and they made a nice version of it, but you know, obviously the irony is that just it's a dorky white guy playing it on an acoustic. It's like Elvis. It's like a really white guy taking black people's <laughs> <laughs> My my last of my top five, for some reason, I cannot get Truth Hurts out of my head, and I don't know why. It's such a... You got you got to hear this. Hear the real version. I know we, we showed you the other version. Well, our version is the real one. Listen to the fake one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Listen to the fake version. You're absolutely right. Okay, listen to the fake version. Why men great so they gotta be great? Woo. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. Even when I'm crying. guys like the real version better or the fake one you're right i like the i like the our version better still. at tntl podcast facebook twitter instagram you guys let us know which one you like best what's your what's your last song this is a song that just kind of brings me back to the 90s it, it, it reminds me of like hanging out with our friends when we were like 13 14 years old riding our bikes and you just could not escape this song no matter where you went it was such a huge hit and that is two princes by the spin doctors Oh my god, and that brings back so many goddamn memories. The Spin Doctors, they they had such a unique sound because for a band that came out of the city in the 90s to play that type of music to be so popular. Um, it was just very interesting. It came at an interesting time when there was more of the grunge coming about in the 90s, and they were the like antithesis of that. And in fact, we're so lucky that we that you got a chance to talk to him. We, we both did. We got a chance to speak with Mark Wright, their bassist. That's right? right. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. You know, we got to talk music with him, learn a little more about him. So very cool experience. Nice guy. All right. And without further ado, I think I pumped this up a lot. Let's welcome the great Mark White. Hello? Hello? It's Mark White. Mark, Mark White. It's Andy. How are you? Andy, what's going on? Mark White, it's Brandon. How are you doing? Brandon, what's going on? I'm a little late. My phone didn't make any noises for some strange reason. We have the great Mark White with us on. Mark, do you know that you are actually in second place for all Mark Whites on Wikipedia? Do you know that? Uh, who's the first one, the governor? Oh, uh, yeah. You got beat out by a politician. I will tell you, that that's not bad. I looked up my name. I've got nothing on there. So you're already uh, way ahead of the ballgame. That's pretty funny. You can look yourself up now. At least I can. Uh, yeah, you look, you look yourself up, and, and then you, you get even worse feelings about yourself. You're like, oh, oh, I forgot. I'm a total zero. Well, everyone, for those of you that don't know Mark White, he has been behind some fantastic bands, one of the best being known as the Spin Doctors with 
1990s hits like Two Princes and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. So, Mark, I want to let you know something. I rewatched the video from uh, Little Miss. Right. You with your jacket, with your leather jacket. I got to tell you, total sex pot, Mark. Did you remember that you were that good looking? I mean, uh, I wasn't really concerned about it. You know. <laughs> wasn't really a thing? No, nah, just when I was a kid, everybody used to say I was the ugliest kid in the school. My mother's friend came by, and she was like, oh, my God, he's so cute. And then the same thing just happened recently. I have a, a student. She's kind of beautiful, and she came, and she was crying. She was like, everybody tells me how ugly I am. And then I had, like, this epiphany. I was like, oh, I get it. Your peers will tell you you're ugly, but the people, you know, like the grown-ups will be like, they can see it differently. So don't listen to your peers. Listen to the grown-ups. So if a grown-up tells you so, you're ugly, then you're ugly. The only person who used to tell me that I was good-looking was my grandma, and I believed it. Funny thing enough, talking about videos from before, I also remember the, the video for uh, Two Princes back in the day. I'm sorry to say this. I was rooting for the fat guy to get the girl. I remember you walking into that diner, you trying to pick her up, fat guy comes in. I just wanted him to win. You know, one for the fat guy. You know, you know the story behind that one was that that's Biz Markey's bodyguard. It was supposed to be me and, and Biz Markey. We were supposed to be in the video. And he was going to be the other dude. But he never showed up. So we just used him. But whose limo was it? That's what I want to know. We rented it, man. Uh, I used to rent limos for every once in a while back you know, in New York City but when it was cool. Now it's not. You can't, I mean, you, know, you can't do it now. No, nobody, nobody can. Now you got to be in, in a hybrid Uber, or else people look down on you in the city. Yeah, I mean, I, I took two Ubers last night, and I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the world. Wait, so you like Uber? You, so, guys, I'm going to tell you both. I've never taken an Uber before. I've never taken an Uber yet. Well, you know, I feel sorry for you because it's the greatest thing ever. Pull out your phone, you go blah blah blah, blah and the guy just shows up. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, you got the map. You see exactly where they are. You know when they're going to show right. up. My only issue that I have with Uber drivers is I feel like it's always the same guy that picks me up. You know what I mean? Like I have the same conversation with every Uber driver who's ever picked me up. It's like, oh, so how long they have you been doing this? In New York. On Long I Island, they do. Maybe not in the city. I guess in the city, no, they're just over it. No, in the city. Out. Come on, Andy. Nobody looks at anybody in the city, let alone talk to you or care about your life or what you're going through. Come on. Nobody I've never had a meaningful it, conversation with an Uber driver. They're different everywhere you go. So you are originally born in the Boogie Down Bronx. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So aren't you a rapper? I mean, come on. That's, you grew up right at the time when rap was going around. What made you say no to rap and yes to different music? Music was, uh, in the 70s, it was actually cool to be like a black musician. You know, it was actually cool. That's what happened. Well, I after that. I started playing bass, then rap came in a little bit after that. Okay. And then it came in after. And it, yeah. so, so you're from the Bronx, and Andy and I, we're from Brooklyn. So the question is, are we supposed to be having some sort of like Eastboro, Westboro feud with you? Uh, well, then you know what? There, there was. There was like the Bronx base in, in Brooklyn. You know, there was all these in Queens. Like everybody was uh, sort of competing or they just screwing around with each other. I just remember like the, the bass players in Queens and Brooklyn were just a little different than what I was hearing in the Bronx. What's the biggest difference between the two boroughs? In terms of, uh, I, 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 I thought Brooklyn was funkier. I'll be honest with you. That is true. You should have seen me with my hairdo back then. Minneapolis showed up, and then that was the end of that because that was like the craziest funk I ever heard. And Prince showed up. Really? Was like, what the freak is? Oh well, Prince. I mean, where did you where did you learn to play bass? I moved to Queens when I was 15, and uh, you know, I listened to a lot of funk music. There was a lot of funk music going on during that time. There was Brother Johnson. There was Parliament. 
There was Larry Graham. There was all these other slaves. There was a band called Slave. There was uh, Aura. There was all these bands I listened to. And then there was right. all the local she cats. Was she was, she local, was out at that time. She was making like, that. Was my, he was a huge influence to me, Bernard Edwards. <laughs> yeah, Bernard Edwards. But then, but then there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of local cats, so that was a huge influence too. So it was great, man. I, I grew up exactly at the right time for, for what I wanted to do. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because when, when I was first going around for instruments, my first thought in my head was like, should I play bass? And I'll never forget, and this is really funny, I walked into a music store and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to play. I knew I wanted to be in a band. I knew I loved music. And they said, you know what, bass players, uh, he guy put me to the side. My parents were there. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, whichever you want. Then he pulls me to the side. He's like, you know, um, guitar players get more girls overall. I'm just letting you know. So I actually based on what I played musically, just on the prospects of getting girls, which I still got none anyway. Uh, probably <laughs> That is rock and roll, but which is funny because you know what? Listen, you play bass, and I'm sure you had your fair pick in the '90s, right? Things were coming out. You wanted to be the bass player in funk music. Okay, I understand. Yeah, I'll look at you at the music store and said, "This fat white kid is not playing the fucking bass. No way. <laughs> no, yeah. no way. He's <laughs> not happening." You know what I found interesting? Not quite funk, but but another form of music. And this is what I found really interesting: that you played with John Popper. Who's that? John Popper. Who's that? He was in the trucking company, right? No, no, I wasn't in the band when uh, Fancy Pants was uh, playing with them. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry about that. I'm a big Fancy Pants. <laughs> they they did all that nonsense before I even showed up. The Spin Doctors was already established when I showed up in '88, and they were still going to okay. players. And then I met. Okay. Actually, what happened was I met Aaron. I was in an all black band called Spade, and we needed a drummer. So we put an ad in the paper, and it was going to be, you know, Black Drummer because the band's called Spade. And But then we were like, you know what, forget it. We'll just, you know, open call. So then 50 people showed up, and then Aaron shows up, and he's just like this white dude with this long hair. And he's just staring at me, and we're just laying it down. I'm like, damn, who the hell is this dude? And then this girl showed up, and this white girl showed up, and she laid it down too. And we were like, what? So they had a call back with like 15, 17 people. And I took the sheet and I was like, no, man, I'm not going to sit through this again. I said, we're just going to look at that white dude and that white girl. And uh, we really wanted that white girl because, like, you know, six black dudes, we got a white girl uh, drumming of back. Of course. There. Think of all the dog fart pictures that could have been made, even back then. <laughs> I know, right? And I was like, nah, we, need, we should go with this dude. And that's how I got into spin doctors. I was picturing when you said spade, just a bunch of women with uteruses removed would have showed up. <laughs> spade, I missed that band because that was, that was a lot of fun. That band, that band was funky. That was the band you missed the most, you said? I got, that was, I've, I've been in over 50-something bands in my whole, and I only missed two bands. I was in a band called The Egyptians, and okay. I was in a band called Spade. And those are the only two bands that I actually missed out of anybody that I was with. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm in a spin doctor. I'm just saying, like, usually when you're playing music, you're just, you know, you're playing stuff you don't want to play and you're trying to make money and whatever. But every once in a while, you'll get in a band and you're actually, at least for me, I actually like what I'm doing, you know? Well, that's awesome. Well, speaking about liking what you're doing then, so the 90s hit, you're, you're in this band that has this humongous debut, Pocket Full of Kryptonite comes out. It's 91, you're young. 
you're you're in your 20s the thing hits like wildfire in summer of 92 how do you deal with success in your in your 20s i just dealt with it i mean you know it never went to my head i never got funny i mean i met a lot of funny other celebrities and i was with you know a bunch of assholes but i'll tell you this story that changed there's two things that happened to me the first one i was walking down the street in the 80s before i was in the spin doctors and i met Christopher Reeves, he was just walking down the street and he was all happy and shit because Superman was out. But nobody recognized him. Like, he was literally just walking down Columbus Avenue and nobody even knew who he was. And I stopped and I was staring at him and he stopped and he was staring at me. So he walked over and he put his hand out and he shook my hand and I was like, what the? He was so nice. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. And then uh, I said, you know, if I ever become famous, I'm going to be like that. And then one time I met this R&B singer, and she was shooting a video, and I was okay. like in love with her, you know. And, and when I went to say hello to her, she was like, "Get away from me!" And I was like, <laughs> "If I become famous, well, I'm never going to be like that." And so, well, that's the usual. Usually, with people, they're they're mostly get away from me. We did an episode about uh, me meeting Tyra Banks three consecutive years, <laughs> and how each time I said more and more uh, ridiculous stuff to her, and she still could care less. You know, speaking of Christopher Reeves, you should have told him. You should have went up to him and whispered. You said, don't ride horses. He was a great guy, man. Just that one second that I met him. Because, like, in New York City, you see celebrities all the time. But when they when they realize you know who they are, they just keep walking. You know, or they look oh, away yeah, from you. This guy just stopped, which was just, like, the most amazing thing. I was like, well, he, he's a great guy. I miss that dude. I've got a question for you. If you – right now you play the bass. You play it exceedingly well. But – is there any other instrument that you've ever wanted to play in your life? How did the bass speak to you over a million or myriad of instruments? I have no idea. All I know is that the guitar is evil and I hate it. But <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be. I didn't want to be a drummer because then I have to carry all those freaking drums everywhere. I didn't want to be a horn player because that's just ridiculous. And <laughs> the only thing that I probably would want to play would be the piano. The piano is the root to all music. Andy, did you not know that? Piano, root to all music. If you want to write music, then piano is the, is the way to Yeah, if you want to write, absolutely. How do you feel now that what you started back in the, I guess you can say, late 80s, early 90s still exists to this day? So you guys still tour as we speak, correct? You've got a bunch of games coming up. They played, played last night. two princes every right. single day, all day long, all over the planet, all the time. Every time I wake up in the morning... It's on the radio somewhere while I'm sleeping. Speaking of which, I have a question about somewhere. that. Mark, have you ever been somewhere, like a bar or a club, and heard someone covering your song? That's a good story, too, because, like, I was in San Diego, and me and my friend, my fiery little white friend from Philadelphia, me and her are walking down the street, and there was some something that she wanted me to take a picture of. So I took a picture of her, but unbeknownst to us was, like, this black, homeless keyboard player right behind the picture. He's like, hey, man, you've got to give me some money for that picture. And I was like, what? You, I'm in the picture, man. Give me some money. I said, well, I'll take another one. He's like, no, no, I need some money for the picture. And then he started flipping out. And then she, my fiery white friend from, so they was like, shut the f*** up. And then she just went off on him. So next thing that we're having this huge fight in the street in San Diego. So we got out of it because I, I threatened to break his legs. So then we're walking down the street, and then she starts shaking me. And she's like, listen. Mark, Mark, listen, listen. And there was a band playing Little Miss Campy Wrong. I was so angry, I didn't even hear it. Oh, so my God. <laughs> so we went inside, and we met the band, and, you know, the bass player was, like, all embarrassed, but because he wasn't really playing it right. And then uh, we just had some fun. It was great. I had, and it calmed so you me back. So you went up there with them? 
No, I'm left-handed, thank God. So I, don't, I never have to sit in with anybody. This is my <laughs> you should have jammed with the with him instead, because I'm telling you, that's how the Dave Matthews Band started. Didn't they find their uh, horn player on the street? You're suggesting he start the band with the homeless guy that was yelling at him for money. Correct. Any any homeless guy that that screams at you but plays an instrument. Well, if you know what, he sucked. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Speaking of Dave Matthews, you know what's funny? This is this is a funny story too. You know the violin player, right? We were playing at the Friars Club. And he showed up, and he had, like, this little white kid carrying his violin when he had a suit on. Little white kid had, like, a suit on. And I'm like, are you kidding? What is that? Holding a violin. So then he comes over and he plays with us. I have a follow-up question, though. Do you have, like, a secret society of black musicians? I'm trying to – is it, like, you, the violin player, the drummer from Dave Matthews? Like, do you have an organization? Nope, but he managed to hit every wrong note on that violin. Like, I, I remember saying to myself, I hope nobody's recording this. I go, a year later, I go on YouTube, and there it is. It is unreal. Seems like a pretty awesome job, though. I always said I would do the same thing. Like, if I won the lottery, like, I would hire people just to do stupid shit. Like, I would hire Brandon. Brandon, I would hire you for, like, $1,000 a week, and every time I okay. sit down to eat something, you would put salt on my food. Oh, I would and do that, that would for $2,000 a week? Sure. Yeah. I would oh, salt your food for 2K a week. You know what? I'd even hold your umbrella for a couple mm. thousand more. So, Mark, speaking of that, like, let's say we went to your playlist right now. What do you think we'd find on there? And follow-up question is, is it any new music? I want to know what you think about new music also. I got, I got the, there's a band I love called the Day Sleepers that's usually on there. I actually listen, I got the, all the songs I like from them. And then uh, I have Apple Music, so I took advantage of it. I wasn't really taking advantage of it, but now that I'm doing all these super long drives. So I actually like Taylor Swift, some of her stuff, because I was like, what is the big deal with this girl? Like, I, I wasn't really listening. I don't listen to the radio that much, but I got XM radio. So I did this one thing where uh, for one hour, I just put it on a random, I put it on the stations. I had it on rap. I tried to not crash my car. I put it on uh, country. I definitely tried not to crash my car. And then I had on the 70s, which was great. The 80s, which was great. The 90s, I tried to crash my car. And then <laughs> uh, then Alternative was pretty good. I mean, I like everything. The, good, the thing about me is, like, I'll listen to Eddie Money, who I love, and I'll listen to, uh, you know, James Brown. I mean, it's, and Prince. I love Prince. And I love Van Halen, but not, with, not the current Van Halen, of course, because I don't know what the hell they're doing. And then uh, I could just go, oh, there's uh, Billy Sheehan's band, uh, what is it, Sons of Apollo? Yeah. I got turned. I don't really, listen, me and progressive music are mortal enemies. But Wait, did you uh, did you say Lizzo? I thought I heard Lizzo. Did I hear Lizzo? No, no, not Lizzo. Lizzo. Oh, I th okay, okay. All right, well, wait, that's a good segue because... What do you think about new music? My biggest thing is that Adam Levine said that rock is officially dead, that rap is the new rock. Who is that? Adam Levine yeah. said that. Is there yeah. any credence to something yeah. like that? He's on CNN? What is he? A, he's one of the people uh, he's the CNN? singer from Maroon 5. I mean, what is that? What is he? Freaking the god of music? I mean, what is wrong with these people? Listen, things evolve. You know, all this stuff is evolving because technology evolves. That's just the way it goes. I mean, if, we, if you go back 300 years, what were people doing? Every decade or every whatever has its little error, and that's it. It's still the same thing, but it's changed a little bit. That's all it is. I mean, what are we supposed to do? 
You know, I don't understand these people. For me, music, all this is what I tell people. All music is valid. That's it. Because it's an art. It's an expression of what you're doing. And that's what it is. And you can't that's say right. one thing is worse than another. That's why I don't understand the Grammys and all sorts of nonsense. It's all about what you feel. And so now, you know, more people can do music because the technology has changed. And so you can still just... I got a friend who we were playing music. Me and, my, me and my other friend were playing our songs in the Central Park one night. And he's like, you guys just make up music? Yeah, we were like, yeah, nobody knew I was going to spend dollars. Yeah, we just, we can do music. He's like, wow, that's amazing. And then he was like, how are you doing that? And then I told him what to do. He went out and bought himself like this workstation keyboard thing. And then we didn't see him for like a year and a half. And then he just shows up and he's got his own music. And it's even better than what I was doing. I was like, damn, dude, one year later and this is what you come up with? It was just amazing. And that's when I realized I anybody can do this. If you decide that you want to be a musician, I don't care who you are, even your grandma, anybody who wants to be a musician can easily do it. You just got to practice. That's all there is. I mean, I started playing the drums when I was about 12 or 13, and I would literally play for like eight, nine hours a day, every day. Still my favorite thing to do. Slugging around the drums is the least glamorous (laughs) part of the job, but playing them is fun. You're the backbone of the band, essentially. You and the bass player, you know? Our drummer's the most famous person in our band. He's pretty much the leader. I tell you that right now. Aaron's pretty much the leader of the band. Nobody knows it, but... Chris isn't the big dog? No, no way. Aaron is. Aaron's running the show. That's how I look at it. If you ever go to Screen Doctor show, you'll notice we're all looking at him all the time. No matter how That's good exactly the band right. is, if you have a shitty drummer, your band's going to suck. Exactly. We just were talking about that last night in the car. If you have a sucky drummer, forget it. Because, like, all yeah. these... What's that, what's that band now? What is that? Uh, Aerosmith? They're having this huge problem with their drummer. Right. They wanted to audition him again to get back into the band, and he sued them. <laughs> That's crazy. That's funny. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you guys something. People will tolerate bad pitch... People will tolerate sloppy bass lines, but if you mess with the beat, people cannot tolerate it. The, the, the rhythm is the most primitive part of everything. And if you mess with that, it's like a clock that goes tick, 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 That's going to drive you crazy. Every band I've ever been in, if the drummer sucks, the whole band sucks. Drumming is critical. The beat to the song is critical. A good drummer can make the shittiest band sound good. I've done it a and thousand I've times. That. I've seen it. It's true. Everybody else can suck in the band, but the drummers don't. When you go in the recording studio, the one person that really can't punch in his tracks is the drummer. He, when you hear a track, usually the drummer got all the way through it without screwing up. And that's, that's the basic track. That's true. Everybody else goes that's in true. there and they, just, they can do whatever the hell they want. You punch in, oh, man, you messed that up. They do their parts differently. Like when I go in the studio, the drums are already laid down. And I tell the guy, because I don't want to bother, I don't want to learn the song. I'm only playing bass on it. I just go through all the, the uh, verses first, and then I go through all the choruses, and then I get the hell out. That's a Nile Rodgers trick. He taught me that. So this way you don't even have to learn the song. So, Mark, now that we're in 2020, and you have this great discography, you've had all these bands that you've played in, what's the plan now? I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm just... If the Winter Spin Doctors comes, if it comes to an end anytime soon, then I'm just going to chill out. Mm. I'm really not. Listen, something comes along. Look, I made, I, I compromised a lot to get my stuff out there, which was, I played in a lot of bands that I hated. But I'm never going to do that again. So I'm only going to be in a band that makes me feel great and I can do whatever, whatever I want. 
I'm not going to be playing in the band just to be in a band. I would rather be a greeter at Walmart. Okay. I would never want to be in a wedding band. I mean, I just I can't do that. Do you I not like the probably. fact that you play mm-hmm. other people's stuff? Me and covers are mortal enemies. I always avoided doing covers, and then in the last year or so, I did join a cover band because I feel like you're on a different level. I would say, you know, obviously you achieved the level that I never achieved because I was always an aspiring musician, and I always tried to be in bands. Sometimes I would even sacrifice, you know, my experience to be in a band that I thought had potential to make it, but I didn't necessarily believe in their music. And I think that's where I went wrong because failing that many times doing originals kind of puts you at a point where do I really want to do this again or do I just kind of want to jump in with these guys who are making money and being uh, successful? That's a valid point. And you know what? I I I thought about exactly that, and I I said I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep handling yeah. That's what I felt. I felt like, because I, I was in some cover bands, funk disco cover bands, where the bass lines were actually fun to play. I mean, I wasn't in some band, you know, where we were playing something dopey. So Right. I no, I mean, that. we definitely play songs we like. I mean, we ha- it has to be a song that, uh, one, has to appeal to our audience, and two, that we, we have to be able to like or at least tolerate. I mean, I'm not going to play. I refuse to play Avril Lavigne. I won't do it. But I will play, and full disclosure, we do play a Spin Doctor song, and it goes over very well. So if that if that makes you uh, you know toot your horn a little bit, oh that's great, um, that's great. It always that's goes over really well. Two princes always kills. As soon as I start off with that drum beat in the beginning, everybody loses their shit. I would be really sad if I had to play music today. I would be sad. Today's music is so electronic; it doesn't even translate well to a band playing it without a backing track. Right. Last night was our first gig of the year, and we didn't even rehearse. See, this is the great thing about these dudes, because I hate rehearsing. That's why I don't like cover bands, because you always have to show up and learn a new stupid song. But with these guys, we don't rehearse. We just we haven't been together for months, and we just got up on the stage last night and played cold. No rehearsing, no nothing. Because if we have to rehearse, then you should you should go home. If you don't remember right. that stuff by now, go home. Well, Mark, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, your band has given uh, me a lot over the decades. I've loved listening to um, all the songs that you guys have created. And it's amazing. You could say that you actually created something that uh, modern culture loves. So I'll, I want to thank you for coming up with that great music. I want to thank you for coming on to this show. And we appreciate you being there, giving us some time. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Awesome. You too, Mark. Well, thank you, you have a great weekend. Good luck with the shows. Thank you. It's been our pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Okay, bud. You guys have a good one. Everyone, I just want to thank you for listening to another musical episode of Try Not to Laugh Podcast. Is that right? We got very music cool here today. I mean, you know, a little salty about what happened to us, but, you know, otherwise, yeah. I mean, there's still a place in my heart for the music business and uh, just music in general, so I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. I know, me too. Now it must, it's so tough probably making money in the music biz, but people are finding ways and they're getting music out there, and I know everybody says how music sucks these days, but it, it doesn't. It just changed, and there are still great artists still putting out really good music. Well, everyone, I want to thank you once again for listening to another awesome episode of the try not to laugh podcast and i'm gonna say it i'm gonna do it see you later thanks for listening to try not to laugh podcast add us on facebook twitter and instagram at tntl podcast that's tntl podcast you can also send emails through the interwebs 
type in TNTLpodcast at gmail.com. Just remember, all dick pics will be reciprocated, so proceed with caution. If you haven't already done so, subscribe now, or we'll find you. We're dangerous and have unlimited resources. Just kidding. But just know that we can. But we won't. But we can. <laughs>